Thank you for listening to this message from Southridge Community Church, located in Clinton, New Jersey. We hope God speaks to you through this message today and that you find new ways to apply His Word to your life. Additional messages and more information can be found on southridgecc.org. So let's get started. My name is Nathan Tuckin, lead pastor here at Southridge Community Church. And during the Christmas season, we've been going through this series called Manger and Majesty. We're contrasting the lowliness of Bethlehem's manger with the majesty of the heavenly realms from which Jesus came and to which he ascended and where he now exists. In just a few minutes, Olivia is going to read parts of the accounts of Jesus' birth from both Luke's account and Matthew's account. In Matthew's account, you'll hear the mystery and confusion of Mary's pregnancy. The awkwardness and disorientation about Joseph and Mary's anticipated marriage. The perplexity and unsettledness of what Joseph should do in light of Mary being pregnant. In Luke's account, you'll hear the invasion and intrusion of the decree for taxation. The interruption and disruption of the journey to Bethlehem. The deprivation and destitution of a place for Mary to give birth. The scarcity and meagerness of comfort, provision, and hospitality for Mary and Joseph. The insufficiency and inadequacy that led to the baby being placed in Bethlehem's manger. Listen to these snapshots of Jesus' birth from both Matthew and Luke's account. This is how the birth of Jesus the Messiah came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph, but before they came together... She was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law and yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus." because he will save his people from their sins. When Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him and took Mary home as his wife. In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place while Cyrenius was governor of Syria, and everyone went to their own town to register. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and line of David. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger, because there was no guest room available for them. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet, the virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. And yet the mystery and confusion, the awkwardness and disorientation, the perplexity and unsettledness is not all that there is. The invasion and intrusion, the interruption and disruption, the deprivation and destitution, the scarcity and meagerness, the insufficiency and inadequacy is not the only part of the story. The message of scripture is that in the mess and in the chaos, that is not all there is. The story is touched with majesty. The story is touched with the glories of heaven from which Jesus came. 
The wonder and delight of heaven are evident. Listen to the continuing account of Luke as the announcement is made to the shepherds of Jesus' birth. The heavens open, the brilliance is shown, and the earth is touched with the majesty of heaven in the announcement of Jesus' birth. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. Jesus lay down his sweet head. A stars in the sky lay down where he lay. The little Lord Jesus asleep on the In the messiness of the manger, there's also the magnificence of the majesty. In what looks to be chaotic circumstances, Jesus is born into this world. Jesus was not only born for us in Bethlehem's manger, Jesus also lived for us. He lived his life in complete harmony with the will of the Father in heaven. He never fell short of glorifying and living according to the desires of his father. 
He fed the sick. He healed the broken. He ministered and connected with the lonely. He offered the forgiveness of God. But Jesus not only lived for us, he also died for us. He was crucified on a cross. And in that moment, he took on himself the curse of sin's weight and evil, not just for the world at large, but for our lives personally. But he didn't only die for us. Jesus was also raised to life for us, demonstrating that death would not have victory, but that in fact, death would be defeated and that life would have victory. And ultimately, he ascended back into heaven to be with the Father in his glorious presence, full of splendor and beauty and wonder. As we've looked at Revelation chapter four and five, you might remember that in Revelation chapter four, we saw the snapshot into the heavenly realm. And part of the vision that John sees is living creatures covered with eyes that give themselves in worship to God. Here's what he says in Revelation chapter four, verse six. In the center around the throne were four living creatures and they were covered with eyes in front and in back. In verse eight, he says this, each of the four living creatures had six wings and was covered with eyes all around even under its wings, day and night, they never stopped saying, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to come. Here's what I want you to catch. The four living creatures represent the entirety of God's created realm. The four living creatures represent the four directions of north, south, east, and west, the full encompassing of God's created realm. They're covered with eyes, which means they can see clearly and perfectly. And it's precisely because they can see clearly and perfectly that they worship God. They see his beauty. They see his splendor. They see his glory. And so the question I have for you is this. Do you see Jesus clearly as well. The creatures were covered with eyes. They saw completely, they saw comprehensively and they worshiped God. Do you see him clearly? Do you see Jesus born in Bethlehem's manger clearly? Do you see his life lived on earth clearly? Do you see his death, his burial, his resurrection clearly? Do you see his ascension and his present existence in the glories of heaven clearly? And does that call you to worship? You know, once in a while, I check out some of these videos on YouTube that picture the moment when a person who can see but is colorblind puts on glasses that enables them to see color for the first time in their lives. It's amazing. It's not like they were totally blind. They could actually see, but they never saw with the brilliance of color that makes the world so beautiful. And so, so these videos show what it looks like, what their response is. The moment they clearly see some color for the very first time. Take a look at these videos and just look at their response as they finally see clearly. <laughs> look at us. Look at this. Leave them on. Don't, don't go back and forth. Leave them on. Yeah, we, I 
<laughs> Let them adjust. Move all the balloons. Oh my god. Leave them on, leave them on. <laughs> you have to let your eyes adjust. <laughs> Are they? Oh my god. Can you see? Can you see? A different world. Their response is just so amazing. They finally see with somewhat clarity. They finally see color. And they're blown away by it. Do you see Jesus clearly? Do you see who he is? Often in our world, we kind of have this perspective that the more that we see, the more cynical and bitter that we become. The more we see, the more skeptical we are. The more we see, the more suspicious we are. Because we have the sense that the underlying reality is really kind of evil or darkness. As followers of Jesus, we see the darkness, we see the evil, we see loss, grief, sadness, pain, and illness. We don't hide from these things. Some of you are experiencing these, these things in this very moment. We see disease, violence, war, mental illness. We see loneliness, fear, depression, scarcity, suffering, and adversity. We see anguish, misery, defeat, and death. We see all of these things as followers of Jesus. But underneath that, we also see something else. Beyond that, we see something more. Beyond that, we see the presence of God. Born into this world on Christmas Day. Ascended to heaven, where he exists in the splendor of heaven's throne room. Through Jesus we also see light, we see forgiveness, we see truth, we see freedom. We see joy, we see love, we see beauty. We see connection, hope, and comfort. We see peace, kindness, and gentleness. We see goodness, generosity, and confidence. We see belonging, grace, and newness. We see victory, life, and glory. As followers of Jesus, Yes, we see the dark side, but we also know that the ultimate reality of the universe is this beautiful God who came here in the person of Jesus so that we could be connected to the majesty of heaven. It was C.S. Lewis who said, to see through all things is the same as not to see at all. And so sometimes we pride ourselves in seeing through things. But Lewis makes the comment, if you see through everything, everything actually becomes invisible. If you see through all things, there's actually nothing to see. 
And so, yes, we see the darkness, but we also see beyond that to the beauty and goodness of God. Yes, we see pain and sadness and loss, but we also see beyond that to the beauty, grace, and compassion of Jesus. What's our natural response to that? When we see clearly, we worship. When we see clearly, we delight in God. When we see clearly, we have great joy in the coming of Jesus. When the shepherds heard the news, they actually made a decision. They ran to Bethlehem. They ran to Bethlehem to see Jesus. And then they also from there ran to tell others as well. If we see the beauty of Jesus, we'll be so captivated that we'll also want others to know. We'll want the beauty of God to be known in our world. And here's the truth, friends. In some ways, you and I become the glasses through which others can see the kindness and graciousness of God. Yes, Jesus is the only one who is ultimately good. But the fact of the matter is that through Christmas, yes, we see the goodness of God personally, but we also become vessels and channels of his goodness into our world so that we actually become the glasses through which others can begin to see the beauty and goodness of God. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. Let earth receive the King, let every heart prepare Him room, and heaven and nature sing, and heaven and nature sing, and heaven, heaven, nature sing.
so as we conclude our time together, let me ask you one more time. Do you see clearly? Do you have eyes somewhat like the creatures in heaven that see clearly? Have you embraced Jesus as your Savior? Have you received life and forgiveness through Jesus, his birth, his life, his death, his burial, his resurrection? Have you received becoming a son and daughter of God through Jesus? If you haven't, my prayer and our prayer at Southridge is that you do. That you simply ask him to be your savior. That you recognize that in him, you have connection and communion with the Father in heaven. And that through Jesus and his presence on earth, you can belong to God. And if you're already a follower of Jesus, do you see clearly? Yes, there's darkness. Yes, there's difficulty. But do you see through that? And do you see the beauty of the presence of the majesty of God in Jesus underneath it all? Do you see through what might be immediately visible and look through to what's underneath and the presence of God in this world? May that encourage you and may that bless you knowing that Jesus is present with us and the manger of earth and the majesty of heaven are connected in the person of Jesus. I want to close our time with prayer. And then I'll also, I'm going to read a prayer. And then I'll also pray for us. Oh Lord, you who are the God with us, we rejoice this day with all our heart, mind, soul, and strength at your birth. And we offer to you our hearts anew so that your presence may be richly felt and always welcomed in our lives this day and evermore. We pray this in the name of the one who is a glorious light. Amen. Let's pray. Father, thank you once again that you descended from heaven's glory and splendor to the lowliness and humility of Bethlehem's manger. Thank you that the majesty of heaven has touched the humility of earth. Thank you that you are present with us even now through your Holy Spirit. May we see clearly that even whatever immediately surrounds us, you are still with us, that we belong to you, that your grace, love, mercy, and compassion are toward us. Lord, may we also be classes and channels through which other people can see your beautiful presence in our world. May we have eyes to see you, but we may, may we also be glasses through which others can see your presence. God, empower us to do that through your Holy Spirit. And it's in the name of Jesus, our Savior, who was born in Bethlehem's manger, we ask this. Amen.